You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. To prevent is to stop something from happening. As children of God, we have been given the ability to stop, avoid, or prevent certain things from happening. Moreover, we have been given tools to go along with our ability in order to prevent certain things from happening. Say to your neighbor, you have been given ability by God himself. As well as tools. Yeah. We have been given ability and tools. By our creator. And one reason. Again he gave us these tools. Is for us to prevent certain things. From happening. I want to show you. Two tools that the Lord has given us. Uh, Let's start in John 16. John 16. And I'm calling uh, the spirit of truth a two, but we know he is a person as well, right? Consider John 16 and 13. However... When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide, touch yourself, you, into how much truth? He will guide you into how much truth? You never have to go the wrong way if you have the Holy Spirit. You never have to think, say, or do wrong if you have the Holy Spirit. We just have to follow his direction. There are times when we allow that which is in contrast to the Spirit of God To lead us. What is in contrast to the spirit of God? The flesh. Biblically speaking. It it, it is very clear. There is a war between. The flesh. And the spirit. And, And they are fighting over. Influencing. You. Or people. 
The flesh wants you to go the wrong way. And here, according to John 16 and 13, the spirit wants you to go the right way. And often, we allow the flesh to guide us instead of the spirit. You can actually monitor your spiritual growth by being truthful in reference to whether you're controlled more by the flesh or by the spirit. Whether you, on a daily basis, listen and adhere to God or to yourself. Because the flesh is basically you. You talking to you. Only thing about you, you base what you say on what you hear. Other folks' opinions, what you see, what you experience, and so forth. That's the reason sometimes uh, the spirit can be telling you one thing, but then your flesh will bring up an experience trying to make you consider it instead of what God promised. And some of us have, have been guilty of allowing the flesh, ourself, to do what the Spirit of God was sent to do. Look at this. He was sent to guide us into how much truth? That means we have been given a tool in the form of a person that's going to make sure we always go down the right path. We always think the way we need to, talk the way we need to, and, and do as we, we should. We, we've been given this. But again, the question is, who has more influence when it comes to our life, the flesh or the spirit? Flesh or the spirit. We know how to do spiritual things in church based upon what the Holy Spirit tells us, but we need to learn how to do spiritual things outside the church because that same spirit or the Holy Spirit was sent not just to direct us in the house, but outside the house. He'll help us not to do what we don't have no business doing. Think or say things we have no business thinking and saying. Let's go to the second one. Let's go to 1 John 5 and 4. The second tool is uh, faith. This is the two that, according to uh, Romans 1 and 17, God told us to live by. The just shall live by what? Faith. But notice what 
living by faith, a faith will do according to 1 John 5 and 4, which we can quote, can't we? I said we can quote it, can't we? But let's read it tonight. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world. Our what? He, he has given us faith to overcome. Overpower anything that the world throws at us. Will the world throw down at you? Yeah. Frustration? You can't afford it? You can't have it? There is nothing can be done about it? I mean, all kind of things, the system that we call the world throws at our faith. But notice... Faith as a tool, has, if it's properly used, has been designed to overcome the world. It's been used to overcome the world. That means if somebody tells you that he or she can stop you from doing such and such or having such and such, the only way... That can be true is if you don't use your faith. If you accept what the person is saying and not use your faith. But when somebody tells you you can't have this, that, and the other, and you use your faith, you will show them the opposite. Why? That's why faith has been given to you. And this is the victory that overcomes what? Even our what? That's what you've been given faith for. You ain't smart enough to do this. Well, but with faith, I can do it. You too old to do this. Yeah, but with faith. He'll strengthen me and renew me in order for me to do certain things like I am young. Y'all read y'all Bible? Am I talking right? Those who wait upon the Lord, he shall. Now what? Yeah, he'll give you strength. He'll give you strength. But understand this, it, it's going to be according to faith. The victory that overcomes the world is even our. The victory that overcomes the world is even our. You don't have to bow to any problem if you use your faith. You don't have to allow any circumstance to get the upper hand and keep the upper hand if you use your faith. Can a circumstance get the upper hand? Yeah. But it doesn't have to keep the upper hand. How do we come out? I just gave you the two. Faith. And, and faith is diverse when it comes to, to Scripture. Faith in one sense is a word, right? Faith comes by? Hearing. And hearing what? 
Faith in another sense is, is you walking point blank according to what does saith God, written and revealed, and not looking at what you see or what you are experienced or what you have seen or experienced. You just point blank walk by the word. Well, it didn't work out the last time. Yeah, but it's going to work out this time. You got a bad report. Yeah, but it's going to be a good one this time. Why? You're walking by faith and not by sight. Not by what you experienced the last time or at the present time. You're just walking by faith. The victory that overcomes the world is even our what? I got to go on, but say to your neighbor, your faith faith is a tool tool. you need to use use every day. day. Look at another neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit Spirit of the Spirit of Truth truth is a tool tool. you need to use use. every day. These are two tools you got to use every day. Every day. They won't let me on the job. You need to use these every day, everywhere. You got to be wise enough to know how to follow the Holy Spirit uh, in every situation, in every place. Why? Because whether you're on the job, at home, it does not matter. The Holy Spirit was given to guide you in how much truth? And if you're going to overcome whatever you're facing on your job, at your house, it's going to take faith. You got to use these two tools every day. And in order to use these two tools every day, you're going to have to start being grown in God. I'm breaking this teaching down, but you're going to have to be grown to do what I just said. Even, even though it's very plain, you're going to have to be a grown person to be able to do it. Grown in God. That means it's just point blank time to put 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 in action. To put away what? I can't. No, that, that, that need to get out your vocabulary. It's just so hard. That needs to get out your vocabulary. Start using what God has given you in order to do what he has given you the ability to do. These two tools should eliminate us moaning and crying about this, that, and the other. If you agree with that, just tell somebody to preach it right. Now, according to the first sentence in Matthew 26 and 41, Jesus did not want his disciples. To enter into temptation. Let me just 
give you some bad news before I deal with the text. Even though he didn't want them to enter into temptation, they did. After pleading with them not to enter into temptation and telling them what they needed to do in order to avoid it, they still entered into temptation. That does not need to be our testimony from this time forward. You agree? So he did not want them to enter into temptation. What is, what is temptation based upon the text? Three simple definitions in reference to temptation based upon the text. Ready? Number one, an experience of evil. An experience of evil. Uh, we could say, based upon the Bible, a demonic experience. Because remember in Luke 4, 1 and following, Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by who? The devil. And the devil is evil. He's the leader of demons. Jesus, again, was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The devil came at him, but, but long story short, the Lord did not enter into temptation. He didn't enter into temptation. Second definition of temptation. An experience of solicitation. An experience of solicitation. Solicitation being when something or somebody tries to get you to do. In contrast to God's will. They are soliciting you to do that which is in contrast to the written and revealed word of God. You holding on? And one of the main persons that's going to try to get you to do in contrast to the written and revealed will of God, you know personally. Touch yourself. That's the person. Hold on to that person. That's going, the, the main one is who you touching right now. Touch it. Touch that person. Any way you want to touch it, touch that person. Get to know who going to be the cause of you doing wrong more than the devil, more than demons, more than your neighbor, more than your cousin, your uncle. Just touch that person. Touch that person's hand. Touch that person's head. 
Touch that person's head. That, mess up his hair, women. Mess up, mess up her hair. That's the main one that's going to try to get you to enter into temptation. Final definition. Temptation implies adversity. And adversity is hardship, suffering, trouble, trials, and such. He did not want them to enter into temptation. And there, there are good reasons why we don't need to enter into temptation. I'm just only going to show you, you two, biblically speaking. You ready? Let's start uh, in Luke, the 8th chapter. Luke, the 8th chapter. Y'all stay with me. I'm going to start at uh, verse 11. Luke 8, verse 11. Jesus is explaining a parable. Ready? Luke 8 and 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their what? Lest they should believe and be what? That's not who we are concerned with tonight, but we are concerned with the ones in verse 13. But the ones on the rock are those when they hear. How many hear the word? Put your hand up. Let me see if you hear the word. Okay, because some people don't even hear. What pastor preach about? I don't know. They didn't hear. They didn't hear. You remember that first point pastor made? Uh, no. Guess what? They didn't hear. But these are folks that, that at least knew the subject. Need, at least knew point one, two, and three. At least knew the definition of significant words. You see that? So, they have some good traits when it comes to the ones on the rock. They hear. Next thing, they, they receive. And receiving is more than an amen. Receiving in a personal sense is when you know. That's my rhema. That's for me. Man, I needed that. What does that say? That say that you, you receive it. You done went beyond hearing. You heard it. And then it, you saw that this is, this is for me. They receive it. And they receive it, notice, with joy. It's your rhema. You're happy about it. Have that ever happened to anybody? Show hands. You receive the word and you're happy about it. And these have no root. 
And he, and he really explains what no root is in the next few words. Who believe for what? When you're rooted, it's not just something you believe for a while. You do like David. You hide it in your heart. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. And you use it every day. But especially when a circumstance, a situation arises. And it causes for that particular rhema that God, that God gave you. But they have no, no root. No root. Who believe for a while and in time of help me, what they do. Man, she was so on fire. Talking about that was a rhema, Lord. She, she talked to me 15 minutes, letting me know that was a rhema. She was just so excited and, and she was just. Even two days later, she was still on fire by the right. But it didn't last 30 days. How many of that ever happened to you? You don't have been excited because you knew that word was for you. You, you, you knew, man, good God. It's like, Pastor, done been in my. But then temptation come. Then that temptation come. Notice, notice the implication here, what Jesus is saying. Temptation is about causing you to change for the worse. Notice the implication. Temptation is about making you change for the worse. Notice what happened. They fall away. Lose their excitement. It's not just a backsliding. It's not just that, that you got somebody that, that's backsliding. It, it's somebody that, that was on fire, knew it was their word, but then because of temptation, lose their focus, lose their joy, lose their faith. Stop believing what they once believed. Man, I'm going to be healed. But then temptation come and you stop believing what you once believed. You know what? You know what Paul called such? He called he called it in addressing the church of Galatia a bewitching. He even went so far as asked them, "Who has bewitched you?" That you should not obey the truth. What happened to you? You were believing, but now you're not. 
You were on fire, but now you're not. You were excited about being chosen to be a servant, but now you're not. Who done bewitch you? And, and notice, is is not a person, is temptation. It's temptation. It's that thing that that solicits you to do the wrong thing. And sometimes they think, it ain't happened yet. <laughs> ain't nothing happening yet. You see what the reports say? Temptation to point out everything just to cause you to fall away. Y'all all right? Let's go further. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. I think most of you probably know where I'm going, but, but go that with me anyway. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. We want to consider it. Now, this is what he said to the church. You remember I told you Jesus pleaded with uh, the disciples not to enter into temptation, but they did. And here, uh, the church, seeming, seemingly most of the church entered into temptation. And, and Paul addresses it. Notice what he says. He says, no temptation has overtaken you. Except such is common to man. Now before we go to the clause that, that Paul gives them encouragement in reference to, to uh, coming out of the temptation. Notice again, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to who? I'm going to ask you a question just based upon that first clause. Did they use the tool of faith of the tool of the Holy Spirit based upon this clause? They were overtaken by what? Temptation. Did they, if they were overtaken by it, did they use the tool of the Holy Spirit. The tool of faith. No. And notice Paul wasn't belittling them. But, but then he tells them. Y'all have been overtaken by something. That's general. Elementary. That regular folk. Are overtaken. Are overpowered. By. In other words, based upon what he said, they didn't even use the Holy Spirit. See, you should be able to deal with temptation better than a sinner because of the Holy Spirit. Y'all agree with that? You should be able to deal with temptation better than your cousin who is not saved simply because you know to live by 
faith. Again, he wasn't belittling them, but you can tell uh, that at the time, and, and if you'll go back to 1 Corinthians 1, Paul really deals with them as, as ba- it's a baby church. They're babies. And that's the reason he, he's not belittling them, but he's talking to them, trying to get them to understand that, look, you allow something to overtake you that regular folk allow it. Because they're a baby church. But uh, how many of you uh, have been saved at least three years? Look at the, hold them hands up a little bit. Look at, look at somebody who got their hand up and say, you ain't no baby. <laughs> this should happen to you. You ain't no baby. And Ella has no business coming to me with this right here. Perhaps I'm just like them folk in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. You know, I allowed something to overtake me that was calm. You, you can tell that he's talking to to babes in the Lord. Notice, it. Note, note, notice again, 1 Corinthians 10 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is what? See, they should already know that. But he's having to tell them because he knows he's dealing with young Christians. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to what? God ain't going to allow you to. He's going to give you what you need in order to deal with the temptation. Is temptation going to come? But he's going to give us the tools and ability to deal with them. When a temptation overtakes you, that means it's in control. I said when something overtakes you, and in this case a temptation, that means it has overpowered you and it is in control. It's telling you what to do. Don't go to church. And guess what? You don't do it. Don't go in there and pray. You know pray ain't been working. You know I'm praying every day this week and ain't nothing happening. And, and what's needing praying now? Go in there and watch something. And, and when you adhere to, a, to such, you're either a baby or you're in the seat of a baby. Because temptation will, if you allow it, overtake you. It will overtake you. And notice he had to tell them, look, God ain't going to put no more on you than, than you can handle. Letting them know God is 
is just. But see, if you get into the flesh, something will overpower you that God never ordained to do, to overpower you. If you get in the flesh. If you get in the flesh something that was not ordained to overpower you, will do it. Because instead of you, you being in the seat of a saint, you're in the seat of a sinner or common person. I didn't belittle you, did I? I'm just trying to explain based upon the text. And some of us, we too, we too old, we too mature in God to allow certain things to overtake us. I just can't get over how she rolls her eyes at me. Man, I ain't even going to be able to just worship in church today. I, I remember the days uh, to where I would have ministers that would get mad at each other and, and come and discuss it with me. I'm on the minister side. You see, so I ain't talking about y'all back. I'm right here with y'all. And, and, and would just talk, and I'd be like, Lord, I can't believe. I, you know, I was thinking this in my head. I didn't say it. I'm like, I can't believe them with this little bit of stuff. And they talking about God done called them or chose them to be ministers. They arguing about this stuff, but can y'all see that little gap? It's a small gap. Can you see it? If you can't, you know it was real small, don't you? See, when you, you mature, you, you just don't allow certain things to influence or control you. Yeah, because see, if the enemy can throw something small at you to control you, he'll do it. And allow you to enter into that temptation. Or start operating in wrong instead of right. It can be that small. That small. And see we have, we have to be careful because the Bible tells us nobody is above temptation. So you have to make sure you watch yourself. You use the tools and you obey what God tells you in order to prevent temptation because temptation is is real somebody can actually say something to you that that will cause you to cuss them out guess what temptation done overtook you you can't do that you're too grown to do that you're too old to do that one of the saddest things is when you don't have, you, you have babes come in and get saved, but they won't stay in the church because you don't have folks that can discipleship, that can disciple them or mentor them because they're messy. And one of the reasons they're messy is because they're always allowing temptation to control them. Every I'm saying we got to grow up. I know we're growing, but we, we got to grow up and just stay in that, in that vein. Or stay at that level. How many understand? Amen. And see, at the time, Jesus, Jesus knew that 
his disciples had the ability not to enter into temptation, but, but they, just, they, they just allow it to overtake them. You notice the last clause in verse 41, he, he told he's look, the spirit is, is willing, but the flesh is weak. He was letting them know, you got the ability to do it. You just ain't choosing to do what needs to be done. And so, Back in Matthew 26 and 41. He wanted them to do two things. Two things. To prevent temptation. Let's read the verse one more time. Y'all ready? Read it on one. One. Two things, two things he wanted them to do in order not to enter into temptation. Watch. Is the first. Stay conscious. Stay in the spirit. Stay God conscious. Stay in the spirit. One thing we can do as spirit-filled children of God, we can, we can be God conscious whether we're in the church or outside the church. You can be God conscious whether you're at the grocery store or whether you're at Belks. God is omnipresent. That means he's what? And if God is everywhere, that means we can be conscious of him everywhere we go. We're not omnipresent, but wherever we go, we can be conscious or aware of God. That don't mean you have to speak in tongues at Belks. That, that, it does not mean that. It, it just means that God is always there to give you exactly what you need. Whether it's, again, at the grocery store or at the mall. He's right there to give you what you need. Watch. Stay God conscious. Stay aware of what God has taught you. What God has been given you. Stay aware of what season God has placed you in. Watch. Watch. See, some folks, when they read, read this text, uh, 
they only consider watch as be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. That, that was not what Jesus wanted from his disciples. Jesus wanted his disciples to be so God conscious and pray to where they would at least be on the same page with him. Sadly, because they, they couldn't stay on the same page with the Lord and help him go through what he was going through as a man, the Father had to send angels in order to minister unto him. In order, in order to strengthen or do what his disciples could have done for him. Remember Jesus himself said, look, if two of you can just agree as touching in prayer, certain things going to happen. All he wanted them to do, look, just pray with me. Just pray. They couldn't even do that. And he was so conscious of what was going on at the time to where he had to actually get out of prayer. Go where they were and say, look, couldn't y'all just do it an hour? Literally, we know an hour is 60 minutes. Figuratively, an hour represents a while. That's what it means, figuratively. We always say, well, that, oh, maybe they prayed 30, just couldn't hang for 60. I can't pray for no hour either. I understand why they couldn't do it. No. You have to look. He just wanted them to pray a while. A while. Could you just, couldn't you just pray with me an hour? Couldn't you just do it a while? And they didn't just sleep. They was in sleep to the point to where he had to actually wake them You know how you are when you get in that type of sleep. You, 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 you calling in the horses, as we say. You changing gears. Y'all all right? I need to show you something. There are certain traits that saints should have that, that watch. There are certain traits you, you should have as a child of God that, that watches. Okay? Let's go, Lord of mercy. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 16. I think that's where I want to go. 
Consider verse 13. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. Ready? Watch. Stand fast. In what? Be what? Be what? When you watch... It says that you're being strong. Notice how this ties the second clause in Matthew 26 and 41. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Watch. Stand fast. Be what? You got to be strong. Even when, it, when, it, when it's a time of danger, despair, or such, you got to be strong. You, you got to learn to be strong at times when most folks show weakness. You hear me? As a child of God, you, you, you have to learn to be strong at a time when, when just normal folks show weakness. When you, done been, when you done been given a bad report again and again and again, you can't allow your emotions to overtake you. Not saying you, you won't get emotional, but you have to be to the point where you have to say, I got to be strong and just trust God in this situation. When you go through something financially and you, you believe in God for a miracle, it's no time to start robbing God or start doing something crazy. You, you just got to be strong and just wait on God to do what he, he promised. Yeah, so, so when you watch, it says that you're, you're not going to get in the flesh. You're not going to be weak. You're going to be strong. Because let me tell you something, there, there have been times where uh, I wanted to sleep, but I knew, hey, it's time to pray. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, I just wish I could do such and such, but it's time for me to do this, that, or the other. Now, the second thing, going back to Matthew 26 and 41, he said, watching what? He uses uh, the word prosukume for prayer, which means worship. John 4, 22 and following says in part that if we're true worshipers, we're going to worship two ways. Number one, in spirit. We're going to be God conscious. Number two, in what? Truth. We're going to operate in the Word. Why are we going to operate in the Word? What, what, that, what does that have to do with truth? John 17 and 17, Jesus said, in part, your Word is what? True. When you worship or pray the way he's talking about here, 
you're entering into a state of worship, but you're, but you're making sure that you're God conscious and you're operating in truth. Have, have, have you gotten to the point to where times that you don't just pray just based upon your desire, but the Holy Spirit will even be telling you what to pray? Understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about how Paul talked about how uh, in, in Romans 8, the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be interpreted. So forth, right? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about you'll reach a point when you get mature in God to where you'll be praying and God will be telling you exactly what you need to be asking for. The Holy Spirit will be telling you in English what you need to be asking God for. Or certain things that you need to be praying about. And I don't think that that's, that's just on a pastoral level. I believe that's on a level of saints that are not selfish, but are really trying to pray according to God's will. How many have ever experienced that? What, what the Spirit of God just be leading you, telling you, you need to pray for brother so-and-so. You need to pray about such and such. See, that's, that's, when you, that's, when, that's when you being a true worshiper and you're praying in spirit, you're God conscious, and truth. God is leading you. Holy Spirit will guide you in how much truth? Even guide you in truth when it comes to your prayer. Be telling you what to pray for. Pray because pastor going through such and such. Pray for such and such. And sometimes, you know, when you're immature, God will tell you to pray for somebody, and you'll go back and tell them, look, God told me to pray for you the other morning. He didn't tell you to tell her that, though. You just wanted her to know. that You got, you got to be mature to the point to where you just pray for the person, and you just let it go unless God tell you to. Sometimes God will show you something about it. That don't mean you go, God showed me. That don't mean you're supposed to do that. Sometimes he's just showing you just for you to. Why, why am I bringing that up? Because temptation will do that. You can be doing the right thing, but temptation will come in. You ought to tell her you prayed for her. You ought to tell her you had a vision about it. God ain't told you not one time to say anything about, about it. But now temptation trying to get you to take what was to remain in the prayer closet, out of the prayer closet. And then you have the nerve to try to do it with a tongue. Oh, katasha. God showed. <laughs> and see, some of y'all don't, aren't liking what I'm saying because you have been guilty of doing that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You, you, you have got to be aware temptation will try to get you to do some crazy stuff. Remember what, what the Bible says again in, in Matthew 4 or Luke 4? Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by who? The devil. Look at what all the devil, hey, 
If you really the son of God, hey, there's some rocks right here. Turn these rocks into bread. And the enemy will try to get you to do some, some jacked up stuff. And then try to make it seem godly. By giving you a half truth. A half truth is still a lie. Right? Lord have mercy. Let's go to, uh, I'm closing. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5. And 17. Watch and what? Pray. First Thessalonians 5 and 17. Three words. Pray without ceasing. It's so many things that have come at your mind to where you got to always be in, be in prayer mode. They have certain, we're in a time now where the enemy is relentless at attacking your mind. This verse right here is real. You got to pray without cease. It ain't working out, is it? Put prayer on that. Put prayer on it. It didn't turn out the way you put prayer on it. Don't enter into what? Temptation. Don't, don't go into that place that that voice of that thing trying to get you to go into. Because when you go into it, you have entered into temptation. And remember the, the little definitions I gave you of temptation. Amen? Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. God <laughs> oh, have mercy.